This episode of That's Neat is sponsored by PremiumBarProducts.com. It's a great place to get custom engraved glassware. It's actually where we get the glasses you can find on our website. But if you want something personalized for your home bar or a whiskey lover in your family, you can do so at PremiumBarProducts.com and use the coupon code That's Neat to save 10%. Check out the show notes for more details. And is, is it just audio? So like I can pick my nose and stuff? Oh so yeah, totally. But I will take a screen picture of that and like <laughs> totally yeah, post that, that, that on Instagram. Instagram but, uh, <laughs> no, there's a lot of awesome. nose picking going on here. Got to make sure that you're, you know, you, you, the yeah, nosing can you nose the whiskey if the... you don't have a clear uh, passageway? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gotta get the pipes cleaned for that. Let's make sure to include that as part of the method so when we actually get to that point. <laughs> clear it out. A good well, use is uh, your pinky. I'll add that to the club when I tell people <laughs> this, is how you, this is how you nose whiskey. <laughs> exactly. Welcome back to another episode of That's Neat, a podcast dedicated to whiskey, the stories surrounding whiskey, and the people we drink it with. I'm Blake. Does Marcus go now? You know what? We have to we have to figure out this whole intro thing. <laughs> what? Oh, no, we had this figured out. It was Blake and then you and then me. I swear we're professional, sort well, of. I always, I always do the end part where we introduce what we're actually drinking. So. Yeah, then it... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, my sure. goodness. <laughs> once you mess it up once, then it's usually at least I know. two times, right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> okay. My bad. Blake, me, you. Yep, yep. That's a good point. <laughs> but anyway, that's Marcus. So onward. <laughs> I'm Sean. And today we are trying three different whiskeys from Copperworks uh, Distillery. We're joined here by uh, uh, Jeff today. But the ones we're trying today, we have a single malt whiskey from them. We have a peated version of that single malt whiskey, and we also have a sherry cask version. So we're going to try all these three different types of whiskeys, and we're surely going to enjoy it thoroughly. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're extremely excited. I'm a I'm a new and recent fan of Copperworks. Um, I haven't had anything of your guys's up until you released uh, 34, the peated, and I was like, oh, I have to try that because... I've always the heard our thing here is Pete. If there's Pete, we'll find you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. So we, that was our first Pete release. So I think we got a lot of people's attention with that. And mm-hmm. you know, people that are big Pete fans uh, took note. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. That was me for sure. <laughs> so Jeff, what is your role at Copperworks and what is like a, a day in the life of Jeff look like over there at Copperworks? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, technically I'm co-owner, vice president, um, but that is sort of meaningless uh, words. Uh, I think of my role as really operating the distillery with uh, my partner, Jason Parker. Uh, So the two of us are really, you know, making all the the day-to-day decisions, all the strategic decisions. Um, We really do it very collaboratively. That said, when it comes to things like sales, marketing, packaging, tasting room, it's probably a little more in my wheelhouse. When it comes to things like, you know, yeast management, uh, fermentation, uh, making decisions like that, that's a little more in his wheelhouse. Uh, But when when it comes to the production planning, when it comes to the product development, you know, the releases that we do, um, that's very much a, a joint effort between the two of us. 
Um, and so, you know, it goes everything from being out there doing the sales to determining what varieties of barley we'll produce in the next year um, to, you know, tweaking the packaging um, with our design partners. Um, so it's, it's really a little bit of everything. You know, when you ask what's a day look like, um, I mean, the days have been really different in this past year. Uh, I've oh, actually yeah. been mostly at home. I have a, a small child at home. My daughter is about 16 months old. Oh, um, wow. So my wife and I have chosen to be very, very conservative. Um, luckily, most of my work can be done from away from the distillery. Uh, the big uh, challenge is samples. Um, but uh, I've been able to, you know, have people drop those off to me and, and uh, pick them up and, and, you know, vice versa, drop off uh, blend samples that I've created at home. Um, so it's, it's worked out. Um, but, you know, there really is no standard day, which is why it's kind of fun. Um, it can be, you know, blending whiskey, it can be out on sales calls, uh, it can be um, building sell sheets, um, being in the tasting room and serving customers. So it really runs mm -hmm. the, the full gamut of uh, possibilities. The so joys you, of being a small business owner. <laughs> you exactly. do everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so how, how long have like you guys been doing this for? So we opened our doors um, October of 2013. Oh wow! Um, so we were obviously uh, building the distillery for the year and a half before that, and then obviously planning prior to that. Um, re we released our first whiskey um, just like under three years beyond that. So um, in August of 2016, we released our first whiskey. Um, you know, I know this podcast is very whiskey focused. We also make vodka and gin, so that's what we were mm -hmm. selling. Uh, I was going to ask about that too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's. It's been a lot more fun to have the whiskey available uh, in the last, I guess, four and a half years now. That's very was cool. the was the vodka or gin uh, first out, out the gate, or was it the? Yeah, so we you know worked on our gin recipe was kind of the most important thing to to mm -hmm. get launched. Um, you know, vodka is pretty easy. You know, you you have to choose what your um, your base is going to be. In our case, we'll talk about for everything is is malted barley. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. Then the gin, of course, you got to dial in the recipe. Um, so that's super important. So once we got that dialed in, we released the vodka and gin and opened the doors. And then we immediately started laying down barrels of whiskey. So, you know, it was the uh, October is when we opened. We, I think, filled our first whiskey barrels, uh, or at least our first full size, not R&D whiskey barrels mm -hmm. uh, in January. So it's pretty, pretty similar timing on that. So just a few oh, that's months amazing. That's very cool. So your, your vodka and gin is malted barley base? Yeah, so um, I guess I can kind of dive into the the background and story of kind of why we started because that's yeah. very much oh, related. Oh, please do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my partner Jason and one of my other partners, Micah, they're uh, brewers by trade. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept, you know, behind Copperworks is uh, what we put on every bottle. It's from great brewing comes great spirit. So the whole idea is we're brewing um, really good quality beer uh, using really high quality brewing techniques. And we actually do that at Elysian, Fremont, and Pike Brewing. Oh, We're really? Using these world-class brewing facilities. <laughs> and then we bring them in-house, ferment them in our facility, distill them in our facility, and, and obviously fill the barrels in our facility. Mm -hmm. um, so everything we do starts as an unhopped, high-quality beer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously the whiskey, that makes a lot of sense. Um, mm -hmm. When you're thinking of malt whiskey, it's always technically a beer. In our case, it's a little different because it's a – uh, using, you know, real craft beer equipment. We mm -hmm. do a boil. So it's sanitary. We use a fresh brewer's yeast. 
So it's kind of, um, instead of just a rough beer, it's an actual, you know, unhopped beer. It's quite fruity and drinkable wow. uh, on its own before it goes into the still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the same process for the, the base of the vodka, which then becomes the, the base of our gin. So our, our vodka is, you know, definitely like a whiskey drinker's vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has that like texture, mouthfeel and sweetness mm-hmm. from the barley. It's, it's almost like a really clean new make whiskey. Um, nice. so it's definitely a, a fun vodka, um, but you know, it's still vodka. So. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I I, that. Yeah. I've never had <laughs> yeah, your fun. vodka or gin before, but I'll have to pick it up. Yeah. Give it a shot. So, um, was whiskey something you guys were always wanting to get to, or is that something that came later on where you're just like, oh, we should probably start doing this. Yeah, that was always, it was always the plan to make American okay. single malt whiskey. So the the idea was to leverage that brewing experience uh, and bring it to the whiskey world. Um, as you are well aware, and probably your listeners are well aware, the American single malt category is, is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously some people could argue things about when it actually started, but um, <laughs> I think you have on sometimes similar to when we'll be on uh, McCarthy's single malt Yep. Um, that was probably the first one that was really made in any quantity. And that was only the, the 90s when that started. Yeah. Um, you know, compare that to scotch and bourbon, which are hundreds of years old. Um, it's a brand new category. So, so we saw this opportunity um, to take that background and apply it to whiskey and be one of the, the pioneers of that new category. Um, the vodka and gin, you know, honestly, a lot of it's a business and a financial decision. Mm-hmm. Um, super happy we did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You do have to totally. sell something during that aging unless you have tons of funding. Um, but even when you have tons of funding, you always realize that um, nobody has enough funding to make whiskey. It's it's a silly business, mm-hmm. you know, to be making this product and, and putting it in barrels and waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a <laughs> and tough waiting and waiting, yeah, and waiting, and waiting. And waiting. exactly. <laughs> so what the cool thing about though, making especially gin is it's such a cool product for cocktails. So mm-hmm. it's really yeah. fun to have kind of the whiskey. That's more of a sipping product, although mm-hmm. it can be used in some classic cocktails as well, mm-hmm. but then have the gin, you know, that's fun to place in different bars around the city, you know, when bars are actually open and um you know allow them to play with that gin and make cocktails so it's been really cool to have both and because of the malt base our gin is is very distinctive compared to you know classic london dry gin yeah well i think it's smart to have the variety because you know people love their different spirits for different reasons right so mm-hmm. why not have it all yeah i mean we have some people that like only buy our vodka and to <laughs> us we're like really that's what you um got out of what we're doing we have good things yeah so uh but that's fine you know i mean if they like it uh, i'm happy yeah, and, that's what they like exactly there's um there's a shirt that uh cocktail kingdom who sells a lot of ingredients mm-hmm. or sorry uh tools for bartenders mm-hmm. they have a shirt that says vodka pays the bills and you know it's in <laughs> Oh, to bars awesome. that it really sell, does know, so many moscow mules and things like that but mm-hmm. it applies to distilleries too for sure <laughs> yeah yeah well it sounds like from um your description of sort of starting with the with the background of um brewing you know in mind that you guys pretty much um we're always gonna we're always going to make a, a single malt um, was there ever any plans early on of, you know, are we 
are we going to try and branch out? Are we going to try and make a rye? Are we going to try and make a bourbon? Uh, are we going to do a weeded whiskey, anything like that? Or was it always just sort of like, nope, we're going to do single malt and we're going to do like the best one that we can? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, so I'll take it in a couple of different directions. So um, my partner, Jason, is actually from Kentucky. So he, he okay. gets that question all the time. Right? <laughs> all of, that, all all of his family is like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? You're not making bourbon. Um, that yeah. seems weird. And then, of course, the market says that too, right? Because people yeah. don't know American single malt, yeah. especially with our location, which is on the Seattle waterfront. You know, we get people from all over the world. You know, we get people that are super sophisticated and sought us out. But we also get people that are like, what's this? I'll check it out. And they don't they don't even know what a distillery is like. They don't even know what that word is. And so they are definitely not going to know American single malt. You know, they probably don't even know what scotch really is. Um, and so they, of course, go right to like, uh, how's your bourbon taste? And, you know, then we have to tell them the whole story. Um, but so we get that question a lot in terms of like, are you going to make bourbon? Are you going to make rye? Um, and the, the kind of short answer is no. Um, the longer answer is we did play around with the idea of doing a malted rye that would Ooh. be made very much like the style we're making, like as a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know anything about rye, it's very hard to work with in terms of, you know, getting it off the grain because it basically right. makes like a, an oatmeal essentially. And so trying to separate um, from an oatmeal like we do in our process from barley mm-hmm. uh, is is pretty impossible. And so we haven't mm-hmm. yet found the right brewing relationship to make that happen. Uh, it might happen at some point, but it, it'll be very small. It'll just be like a fun thing on the side, you know, probably when we're making, you know, 500, a thousand barrels a year of, of single malt, we might make, you know, 12 barrels of that or something, yeah. something fun and small. Um, so yeah, I, I think that kind of answers that, but you know, otherwise we're very focused on single malt. We've we found a lot of reasons to be focused on it beyond our initial reasons. Um, a lot of those being things like the Washington peated whiskey, which we'll obviously talk about. Um, but just that whole concept of taking advantage of this amazing um, growing state we live in for barley uh, and exploring different varietals, exploring different farm relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, you get to the more traditional things like barrels um, that you know the Scots have been exploring for a long time. Um, and you realize right away you have uh, hundreds of years of exploration before you need to go beyond American single malt. So that's yeah. kind of where we're at at the moment is, is mm-hmm. there's, you know, we love bourbon, we love rye, and we love those products, but we'll leave them to the to other folks that are making them already. Yeah. That, and let's be honest, single malt's the better, it's the better whiskey anyways. No, 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 that's I'm my... I'm glad you said it. That's my, my <laughs> constant running, my well, constant running narrative well, the thing in the back, I'm, just for me anyways. It, like, yeah. I'm, I'm such a, I'm like, Snob. I am personally such a, Snob. like, malt whiskey Snob. guy that... <laughs> I like to, I like to give like a hard time. Yep. Yeah, I, I do like bourbon. I have category just allows for so much more diversity. You know, yes. I mean, bur- bourbon. It's literally my my main stuff. argument. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, no, I I like bourbon. I like rye. I like all it has the its things. Place. But I love malt. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I have become very. I'm I'm finding especially like I, I think just because it's you know it's it's much more available to me because it's uh you know it's within the same country um american single malt especially american craft single malt you know mm-hmm. has become such a um a truly interesting 
um, category of, of whiskey and, you know, to see the, the vast differences between something like, you know, what you guys are putting out um, or what some of the other Pacific Northwest distilleries, you know, like Westland or you go down to Westward, you know, are putting out compared to different regions, compared to what's going on down in Texas, compared to, you know, stuff that's coming out of New York, compared to, yeah. you know, stuff that's coming out of um, the Southwest. I mean, it's such a, a wide variety of flavors that it, it you're right. You know, there's there are there is hundreds of years of experimentation and um, and, and there's, there's so much you can do with it. Yeah, like to to happen that like mm-hmm. now is a is a sort of key point in history for American single malt, and it's very it's very cool to watch. It's very yeah. cool to see. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know anything about American single malts being this whole new exciting frontier for whiskey. Um, until we start doing this podcast, because my, 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 my favorite thing is scotch. It's what I drink the most is, is scotch. And that's usually what I'm like trying to explore. And then to find that there's kind of like an American version of that happening right in our backyard, essentially, is very yeah. exciting. And I'm glad you guys are also part of that new frontier. Yeah, it's great. And I like the way I think Marcus said it once. It's like bourbon's like a it's like a decent, you know, two lane freeway going through the mountains. It can get a little interesting, but it never really veers off um the road too much whereas a single malt is like i don't know an eight lane freeway going through a giant city which has tons of different ways it can explore you could do different things with the different strands of barley you could dry the barley different ways mm-hmm. with, with different types of smoke you can use different finishing barrels there's and and it'd still be called a single malt which is just pretty amazing yeah, and I mean, a lot of it has to do with with the rules, and there's some the mm-hmm. benefits to them. Um, you know, with bourbon having such strict rules, it means if you pick up a bottle of bourbon, it's it's probably going to be pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be the most interesting thing in the world, but it, you're, you're going to enjoy it. Um, and I think that's also really important as sort of a, a gateway whiskey for people that may get into um, single malts later. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it happened that way for me, and I was much mm-hmm. more into, you know classic American whiskeys, bourbon and rye at first. And then I started going across the pond and exploring Scottish single malts. And then of course, you know, now, um, you know, yeah, to another question. So is that like the first, like, what got you into whiskey? You said, you said bourbon, like, was it something like your, your dad was into or something like that being from Kentucky and, and he shared that with you or, or um, something else in the story? Well, my just to clarify, my dad's not from Kentucky. Jason, oh, my partner's from. Oh, Kentucky. sorry, I thought you said your family's from Kentucky. No worries, no worries. Uh, <laughs> his family's from Kentucky, so um, it does kind of stem from family. The way I usually answer questions like that um, is, I was very into craft beer prior to getting into whiskey. So it's pretty interesting that I ended up joining Jason and Mike, you know, mm-hmm. in a distillery that's very focused on that that beer story. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad tried a lot of craft beers, you know, when I was a kid and living, we, I grew up in Philadelphia area. Um, mm-hmm. So living on the East Coast, it was relatively unusual for people at that time to be, you know, exploring craft beer as much as my dad did. And mm-hmm. I kind of took note. And then when I started drinking, I, you know, started drinking things like Sam Adams and Harpoon and things were a little more interesting than what my friends around me were drinking. Uh, and that spiraled into this hobby of trying, you know, new beers all the time. And then at a certain point, I just said, 
hey, I'm at a bar that has great beer selection. I noticed they also have some really cool bottles up here. Like, what, what's that all about? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can actually remember, you know, drinking lots of bourbon and rye, but then I also remember um, drinking Stranahan's for the first time and being like, well, what the heck is a Colorado whiskey? And of course, now I know <laughs> yeah. that it's really an American single malt whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, I, I had no idea. You know, that was probably completely you know, unknown. 15 years ago. The second like distillery oh, wow. come on and say that that was the first like american single malt that they had with stranahan really okay hmm. yeah because yeah, even though mccarthy's product was was earlier um it's it's always been super limited and it still yeah. is super limited but especially yeah. back then um whereas stranahan's was a little bigger and sending the product like i tasted it um gosh that yeah that must have been 12 13 14 years ago and that was mm-hmm. in boston so a mm-hmm. long way from you know where they were uh yeah. so yeah it just kind of went from from beer to American whiskeys to Scottish whiskeys to um, then living in New York for a little while. The cocktail scene there is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely kind of the period of time where you would go to the bar and um, say, hey, just make me something. Yeah. And at, at that point, like nobody had had anything. So you could just say, make me something. Now, if you say make me something, they're like, well, you've probably had like 200 different classic cocktails. So what, yeah. what do you want? Right. You know, right. whereas back then they could throw something at you that they knew you weren't. Gonna yeah. Know, you know, so it was super fun exploration in, in the cocktail scene as well. And That's yeah, awesome. it just kind of spiraled from there. That's super so cool. you, yeah, you have a cool uh, background of experimentation with uh, finding new things like that. That's really, really cool. Makes sense why you're not doing what you're doing now. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it's always just been kind of interesting um, to, to try new things that we traveled a fair amount as uh, a family when I was growing up. So that mm-hmm. probably had something to do with it. You know, we mm-hmm. weren't, it's not like we we're traveling all the time, but we always tried to make a point of, of going on a couple of trips a year to somewhere interesting. Nice. Um, so I think that that probably has something to do with it as well, but hard to know, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's super cool. But speaking of trying new things, maybe we could <laughs> Should we get to it. Jump in this whiskey a little <laughs> bit. So. Is there an order uh, um, which you think we should go yeah, in? Yeah, I mean, we, we should probably go. I don't know. I think I provided you numbers. So we've got mm-hmm. um, yeah. release 31, 33, and 34. I think that's probably the way we should go, both in terms of the numbers and in terms of the taste profiles. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we for can last. start with um, 31. And I don't know if you want to. Um, taste it first or if you want to talk about it first or both or uh, we should kind of um, do both why don't while we're um getting our first our first blush at it um would you would you mind um talking about the how you guys release whiskey because it's yeah. a little bit no, uh, it's a, a little bit out of the norm definitely um, a good point yeah it's cool for i like it's cool for it's cool for a whiskey nerd because oh there's like a uh, you know, I can, I can collect all the different types, but, yeah, it's, um, somebody it's cool. who's it, out it's, of front side is curious. Totally. It's cool for whiskey nerds. It's cool for our tasting room because people that come in who don't know it, don't really care. They just buy whatever whiskey we have. Um, it can get really complicated in retail store operations. So we decided pretty early on that we weren't going to try to make exactly the same whiskey every time we blended a batch of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't make sense. You know, if we were going to do that, um, we only make roughly a hundred barrels a year. Um, so we, if we were going to do that, most of the barrels would have to be the same in order to even accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that wasn't what we wanted to do. It, it didn't make a lot of sense to approach a brand new category like American single malt 
and say, hey, we know exactly what type of barley, we know exactly what type of yeast, we know what type of barrels we should put it in, at what proof, uh, and we know how long it should be aged. Um, that would be very stupid to do, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't know, you know, we don't yeah. know what Copperworks is about. We don't even know what American single malt is about yet. And so if we don't <laughs> explore that to some yeah. extent, we're, we're never going to know. So what we decided to do is um, we called them releases instead. So the idea is a release is going to be different, whereas a batch you can think of as sort of the same over and over. Right, again. right. So every time we are approaching um, running out of a standard release of whiskey, we start working on the next one. So we look at you know every barrel that we have that we think has potential to be part of that release. Um, we taste them. You know, we give ratings. We make notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we get closer, we start to think about, well, well, what one should we use for this release? You know, should we have um, these four barrels serving as a base and then add this one for, you know, some fruit notes, add this one for some floral notes. Um, and, you know, literally treating everyone as kind of a unique thing that we're going to put out into the world, um, kind of offering our best whiskey at that moment of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been super fun. It's been super fun for us. It's been super fun for people who have been following us and enjoying our whiskey. Um, we also have special releases, so we'll have sometimes the release numbers will be a single cask like release 33 that you guys are going to be tasting. Um, sometimes there'll be multiple casks that are special, like the Washington Beaded that you're going to be tasting. Um, you can basically see, I'll, I'll show you guys, I know we're on the radio, um, but the, the red labels are the special releases, mm-hmm. the white labels are the standard releases. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so standard releases typically about once a quarter. Um, special releases, no particular time frame. It's just right. when we have something special that's that's ready to roll, we put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? What we try to do with the standard release is put it into at least a general flavor profile. So I tend yeah. to say they're anywhere from uh, zero to twenty percent difference in flavor profile. Whereas mm-hmm. with the special releases, they can be whatever we want them to. You know, like yeah. the, the sherry cask is, is totally outside of the flavor profile of our standard releases. <laughs> yeah. Can't um, wait. <laughs> you know, basically an, another way I put it is like if you have a, a bar um, that's making a Manhattan with our uh, whiskey, if you were to get the next standard release, they'd still be happy. They wouldn't be like, oh, this doesn't work with the vermouth I picked or the bitters I picked. It's like generally the same flavor profiles. Yeah, it's 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 quite a bit different, but it's not so far off that, you know, it's going to make you say, Oh, I don't want that anymore. I like the old, I think that's exciting though. I feel like that, like every time it's going to be slightly different and something new, which is, yeah, it's very unique. Exciting for us. Um, and and, yeah, seems to work with customers so far. Um, it does get a little bit harder when we get further from home because we can't tell that story as well, but yeah, um, you know, hopefully, things like this help us tell that yeah. story to more people um, being on podcast. Make sure we get everybody to listen to this episode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we just get the entire world population to listen right. to this, that'd be great. <laughs> on, on it, Jeff. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll, uh, and if you can no. have them listen three times because we find they don't really get it until, the right, until they've right. heard it yeah, <laughs> several times and they can pick up all the notes. No, it is no, a totally I, different way of know. doing it, but yeah. Go ahead, Marcus. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, and, and it, it, it really is like you know, it, it really is something that is, um, like, I love it. You know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. the, the, I, the whole idea of it, of, you know, exactly right. Every single one isn't going to be exactly the same. And let's, mo- let's focus much more on, okay, this is a really good, like, here's what we were trying to do. 
like here's what it is like okay this is uh you know this is you know this type of malt that we did for this one this is this type of barley that we did for this one we did these ones at this barrels we did these ones you know this type of barrel like i love that that sort of experimentation and, and i've had you know i've got i think i've got 21 23 25 30 31 yeah. in the cabinet <laughs> um and i think the only one that i have fanboy so this uh release 31 we're currently nosing i am getting tons of butterscotch personally oh yeah which is or, great or, orange and cream like a creamsicle is what i'm getting on yeah those. yeah i was that gonna say like creamsicle. some orange zest in there mm-hmm. there's a little bit of waffle I, I can Ice. already tell just by smelling this that this would be uh, a whiskey I'd already share with someone. I guess we talk about this all the time. People that like are are bad about or, or like are worried about like getting a campfire burn in their mouths, like Lafroig type of sensation. Yeah. They they right. hate that. Mm. I probably I probably start off with something like this. Like, don't worry, this will give you a bit more of a sweeter tone, yeah, fruitier definitely. tone. Yeah, yeah, and our great. Thanks. Oh, we we get a lot of um, orange notes for sure for whatever reason from from our whiskeys. Interesting. Um, so spot on on that. Um, yeah, I definitely get like browned butter on this, and mm -hmm. then some kind of like um, pithy notes like grapefruit or you know citrus. Oh yeah. Type. There's uh, something that is. I don't even know how to describe it. So it it's not on the initial. It is. It's. It's like the after. If you smell. no no, so it's if you stick your nose in a little bit too far, on the initial, there's something that hits you and it is gone immediately. And I'm, it's not it's not a normal note. It's a, it's oh. an almost. I'm gonna taste it. Let's see what happens. Is it? I don't, I don't know what you're pointing at. Ooh. I'm, I'm kind of. I know like there's. A... <laughs> it's a, it's an like an herbal note, but not herbal in the way that you get with like it's not herbal in the way that you get with with rye and with it. I mean, I mean herbal in like. It's almost like a tea, like jasmine. Like herbs and like herbs and like herbs and spices, like like mm. it's like a savory herb. There's there's so something oh. we sometimes get um, like sage on so quickly. Uh, <laughs> for sure. And then um, sometimes mm. we get things we kind of describe as like Indian spice, almost like curry. -esque. Oh, okay. They're in the savory camp. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It still has a lot of that classic kind of, I wouldn't say it, 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 it has the, it has the, like what Marcus was saying, kind of like the feeling the color. to it so quickly. Yeah. The yeah. feeling <laughs> of like a rye spice, but it's not like a, that's not what it is, but it's like it gives you that same experience um, on the nose. It's kind of like a classic cinnamon, clove. Like I'm almost leaning towards like bay leaves, like like not spices, but like spices. Right, <laughs> right. Makes any sense? Like not baking spices, like like cooking spices. Yeah, we no, had a we had a Belconis, uh single barrel that was reminding us a lot of like tamarind and like oh yeah 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 yeah, like yeah i remember that biryani one. like indian food yeah. or like fennel candy i'm kind of in that wheelhouse like kind like of that in like an indian it, restaurant right now it uh, it it i get accustomed to it very quickly yeah if that makes any sense so it's, it's very 
like it's there and it's yeah and then it's gone like right off the and then the orange and the cream and the um you know some of the baking spices that are in there there are baking spices there but there's some other cooking spice that is very distinctly different from everything else and is very quickly like my nose is very quickly pushing it aside yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's which is fascinating i i I really like it we have two other things like in our official notes that may be triggering something with thai basil and uh tomato Mm. vine which are kind of in those Hmm. those what's interesting basil sipping on this my initial taste it tastes completely different than what it smells like at least to me I feel yeah. like on the smell and gale, all the orange and cream, uh, butterscotch type of thing, it's and then basil, and then and then the citrus grapefruit's what I get on the taste, mm-hmm. and a bit of honey too. I get a nice like uh, finish. Oh, like, there's ooh. a there's a bit of zest. There's a bit of peppery, like effervescence almost on the on the on the finish. I really like that. Yeah, one of the nice things is yeah. sometimes our whiskeys can be quite sweet, but then the finish is typically a little more like spicy, yeah, crisp, so it doesn't get cloying. You know, to once once point. it gets like this point of my throat, for yeah, pointing out my back throat. of the tongue, top of the throat. <laughs> and that's where the spice is kicking in for me. Is right at the end there as it goes yeah. down. And I really appreciate that you guys don't bring the proof down to the floor. It really seems like you guys. Oh, thank are, you for that. Are, yeah, are, no, are we... doing proof for flavor and. And you kind of get that, and it's probably the proof that's doing it, and the fullness and richness. It it yeah. gives you kind of like that American whiskey, like that Kentucky hug. You get that yeah, yeah. warming feeling. I really like love it when you get that from a whiskey. And, and I'm loving that the color of this is looks so much like that mosquito that was in Jurassic Park, and that's exactly the color. That, that nice amber. It's yeah. just like that exact amber is. It's a beautiful color. That is that is a great description for radio. I love it. <laughs> it's our uh, what is that? Scalt malt, malt whiskey society descriptions. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's like a color <laughs> of a mosquito in Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's right. Whiskey tasting for Jurassic Park parts. amber. <laughs> the um, yeah, no, the proof is an interesting conversation. You know, at first, um, we very much considered every release as a unique thing as it is and we would taste different proofs um what we found is we've settled somewhat around 100 proof for most of our releases give or take a bit um but yeah it's kind of um i I say this a lot of times it's it's kind of an idiot choice you know we're on the waterfront in seattle um imagine how much more whiskey we could sell if we had like a you know a 40 percent release right Uh, people would be like oh this is so easy drinking you know give me a case uh, but that's that's really not why we signed up for this, you know. Um, but if you want to get in the stormy ocean experience, then you want the higher proof. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I love prefer it. that. <laughs> but you know, we we know that as a consumer, you have the ability to take this and you know drop water some... into it. Yep. So... I actually just did that, and I am experiencing I, almost a spice forward now. If that interesting. Yeah, I don't know why, but. Yeah, on what point? Another thing that's interesting is it, as you guys know, it's going to change a lot just by sitting in the glass for a while. Yeah, true, um, true. Yeah, we very, find with very drinkable. We find with bad whiskeys, um, often they take like a big nosedive when they sit in the glass, whereas a good whiskey tends to um, either get better or just change in interesting ways. Develop yeah. a little bit, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to test it. That's yeah. so- not that I know anybody who disappear. makes bad whiskey, but you know, or at least I won't say <laughs> their name. Right, I do. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared for like having like uh, someone on the show, and and it's a genuinely bad whiskey. But fortunately, everyone we've had on brings only great stuff. So yeah, I feel like you're choosing them uh, according to what you expect. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> smart. That's or smart. anyone that just says yes to Blake reaching out to be on the podcast. <laughs> Come on. I, I genuinely only reach out to people who I enjoy their whiskey. Usually. <laughs> yeah, usually, like, yeah. You, you guys go try some bottles. Like, let's reach out to these guys, and then we do have a couple places nice. that we're like, mm. yeah, we had a few <laughs> maybe, people maybe reach out to us. Yeah, we had a few people reach out yeah. to us, and we're both just like, or all of us were like, I don't know. Like, they seem kind of yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, you know, there's yeah. There's, there's over there's, 2,000 craft yeah. distilleries now, so you know you're gonna get some stuff that's not uh, excellent. Right. Know, yeah. Put it that way. Some people yeah. are just putting it out there to put it out there, and they're just sourcing yeah. stuff, and it's not. Yeah, very or they good. have the best. In- they they could have the best intentions too. You yeah. Know, often oftentimes uh, it's a risk. People that are that are trying really hard, and they might not. You know, yeah. recognize it. it's hard when you're tasting your own stuff. You know, you want to yeah. like it. You're not gonna. Um, say yeah, you're gonna sucks. have a. When bias, your guys' um, when your guys' tasting room opens back up, uh, sign us up, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough to be. I mean, it's tough to be that critical of your own thing. But you know, from from our perspective, it's t- it's tough to be that critical. It's tough to be that that critical with with the distiller as well i mean at least it is for me like uh, personally when we're when we're off air we'll say yeah i don't really like that one because of x y and z but to say that to the person that made it you know or to to try and be like well i like the alcohol burn like you know what i mean like i don't really like the flavor how do i find something that's like there's something positive here you know it's it's one of those things where it's it's um it makes me you know, feel we'd rather, good. We'd rather not put ourselves in that position, but we'd also rather not put the distiller in that position too. Of right. you know, being but on and being like, off, Jeff we actually don't like your whiskey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, That's what no, Marcus we, is telling us. It's always a challenge, Definitely right? Like your I mean, guys' whiskey. I, I visit a lot of I visit a lot of distilleries, and I'm on the board of the American Craft Spirits Association. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so the okay. idea is to to elevate everybody yeah. and um, you know make sure yeah. everybody's improving, not to like yeah. you know demoralize someone. You want more uh, people to have more whiskey. That's the, yeah, and right. it's, it's never hard though. You know, if you're standing in their tasting room and you're tasting their product and you're talking to the person who's put their heart and soul into that, you want to give them honest feedback in a way because yeah. they want that. You know, or at least yeah. most people do. Um, but you know, you don't want to be uh, too too critical in a way that's gonna, you know, mm-hmm. slow them down in, in improving their product. Yeah. You know, and yeah, sometimes, exactly. especially with craft too, it's like I totally understand the need to, like, I understand the need to put something out. You know what I mean? To be able to have a product, <laughs> to be able to keep operating. And so sometimes you run into, sometimes you you run into craft stuff that is like, there's clearly like, there's clearly very good potential here, but it also, it feels a little young. Like it's also like, okay, this should have sat for yeah, like, that two happens. years, 
Well, that's why we made Jen. You know, (laughs) know, no, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, that's why. That's why a lot of distilleries make clear spirits first. uh, You know, but that that just yeah, you know, it's it's coming from that position of of like trying. I'm trying. Like I'm really trying not to be because like I can totally see the potential here, and I can see that it's very you're very passionate about it, and that you really want to do this. And I feel like given a couple more years, <laughs> this could be really good. But as it is right now, like, eh, it's not my favorite. Yeah, that, that said... <laughs> there's, um, there's a few distilleries that are like that. Yeah, that said, it's not always just gears. Uh, yeah, that's true. Really. So, that's true. I mean, there, there is a lot more to <laughs> could, it. Than, could be the mash bill, could uh, be the barrel, could be... Exactly, could be the fermentation, um, <laughs> could be the blending. I mean, there's so many places you can go wrong, and that's why it's not, not easy to make world-class whiskey. So this release 31 we're drinking now, Jeff, would this be what you guys consider your flagship for um, Copperworks? Or yeah, not, this not really? is what we, uh, in air quotes, would call a standard release. In terms of how your releases work, right? Yeah, we haven't yeah. really um, yeah. pinpointed flagship a, flavor, a great least. name for that. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's you know one of those white label releases, so to speak, mm-hmm. where it has that um, label. So yeah, it's going to have, always going to have quite a bit of sweetness, a lot of citrus notes, typically a little bit of tropical so fruit, mm-hmm. um, you know, fair amount of spice. Um, obviously it's going to be focused on the, the new American oak. So, you know, vanillas, caramels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so part the, the butterscotch is coming from, I imagine. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely part of it for sure. Um, this so, particular one is made from um, primarily our five malt recipe. Um, mm-hmm. which is like a oh, scotch wow. ale recipe so it's uh, oh interesting yeah so it's it's a really kind of dark beer that we start with um you no, know what i'm having a love affair with it i love scotch ale. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. we, i didn't mention you know i mentioned that jason and micah are brewers um jason was actually the first brewer at pike brewing back in 1989 oh, okay oh, nice cool. uh, yeah wow. so, I, I i literally had a i had a, a can of uh Lifter. Yeah, so he was Last part night. of <laughs> developing that recipe and other recipes from, from wow. Pike Brewing. So this is kind of you know with with that in mind, um, and I I can say we're we're not very good at secrets. Uh, I'll say that right now. <laughs> uh, totally you, you might notice <laughs> that <laughs> you might notice that from our labels and from the fact that we have um, full spec sheets on our website of every whiskey we've ever released. I was going to say um, we're. Uh... We really appreciate yeah. that. It's really no, I, cool. Yeah, it's, no. I like it's it. Important. But what I was going to say is we've actually now, um, so this is our five malt. We've actually now distilled some actual unhopped kilt lifter at Pike Brewing that was brewed that we then distilled. Oh, so very cool. Years down the line, that'll be coming out Ooh, and it'll be kind of a that. fun collaboration. <laughs> Let us know when that happens. We'll that be is legitimately one of my favorite beers ever. Oh, so awesome, I'm awesome. so looking forward to that. Very cool. Yeah, so we, Very you cool. know, we obviously have a really strong relationship with them because of Jason, but also because we're, you know, blocks away from them. Um, you know, we did our first public event ever serving our products at their brewery. And so there's a lot of connections and we, we just, we love them. Um, so it was fun. We've always intended to do some like actual beer recipes with brewers. Mm-hmm. And that was the first one we finally accomplished. There's a lot of mm-hmm. logistics that make that super hard to accomplish. Um, so we were glad to, to finally have gotten that done with them. So look out for that in the future. Um, cool. you know, keep it top secret as you <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't tell anybody All right. nobody so, will ever know until this comes out 
So, so listeners, we are, we're currently finishing drinking up our uh, the release thirty one of Copperworks American Single Malt. So, just uh, kind of put a tag on, on where we are yeah, in the episode, just, so yeah, so we can recommend um, thirty one. I'm gonna try it. It's delicious. Yeah, thirty one's <laughs> fantastic. And, really and nice orange, it. really nice citrus, very friendly honey, very friendly like cream and vanilla notes yeah no, yeah absolutely that's very yummy very yummy <laughs> and, and just to cap off so that is um i think it was actually five or six barrels let's see six barrels of our five malt recipe okay which, which we just i just went on a tangent about mm-hmm. and then uh one of something called full pint which is a single variety um, barley that was uh, grown and malted in Skagit Valley, you know, just about okay. 70 miles north of mm-hmm. our location uh, in Washington. Um, and so that one brought in some of the kind of deeper fruit notes um, mm-hmm. and, and some kind of differentiation from our normal five malt recipe. Um, so we just felt like that one barrel kind of rounded things out and gave some depth to the release. Uh, mm. And this one is yeah, right on the money at 100 proof. That's do you guys then when you take these different malts, do you distill them all mix them and then distill them together or distill them separately? Everything's completely separate. So, you know, the the five malt is its own recipe. So those yeah. malts are combined and made. But when we do the single variety malts, um, we always keep those entirely separate. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll brew them separately, ferment them separately, distill them separately, barrel them separately. Oh, wow. And then at the end we can add them, you know, together or mm-hmm. we can release them on their own. So we cool. um we didn't actually do any full pint on its own, um, but we have done some of them on their own, depending on you know what the particular barrels tell us to do. Yeah, mm. always flavor driven. And sure. with your uh, your signature, or not? What, it, what these are the regular releases? Yeah, the standard, white, standard small batch. I like signature. That sounds good. Maybe signature. we'll steal that from you. Yeah. <laughs> signature, white label, Johnny Walker. Your I signature mean, styles. It's such yeah. a hard thing to come up with a term yeah. for like, you know, standard. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> come, just come up with a new label. It's called the That's Neat label. And then. <laughs> yeah, in collaboration. And you'll have our uh, our blessing if you I love it. I love it. Right. We'll bless it for you. It'll be kosher. I mean, I mean nothing, but it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thirty-three. We ready? Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna uh, you're gonna have to walk me through this one. This is. Uh, I'm excited. Whew, I poured it just a second ago, a little bit early, and that is a that is a funky, funky adventure. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think uh, Sean I is am, going to I love this. I am here it. for it. Yeah. I love Sherry Cass. I just you like have podcast. got to. I like, I'm going to hold off my initial thought until you knows this, Sean. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me what is going on there? Oh, baby. Wow. <laughs> and I mean it in a good way. Please don't like, don't understand. Like, wow. I'm going, what in the world is going on oh, there? This, but this like, is like the most Sherry Cass whiskey ever. I'm looking ever. forward to it. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, and I mean, a, an intense sherry cast like this can be really polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we waited a long time to to do one. It's this like is our hot first one. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. we we've used sherry casks quite a bit in our mm-hmm. releases, um, but never more than about fifteen percent of the blend. And so what's, this what's blend. This is a single cask release. Um, so this is uh, just one cask. Now that said, it is sort of it's a one cask that had a little, uh, little bit left at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it's, I it's am sort of a that. strange um, barrel because um, this this will really demonstrate how we do nothing for story or marketing. It's always about flavor because it's got the most strange story. So um, the way we filled this barrel 
is we put 45 gallons of um, new make whiskey mm-hmm. into the cask. And then we transferred um, 85 gallons of pale malt that had been aging in a cask. So this one has a little like cognac feel to it as well, but it's very covered up by the sherry. So we didn't actually mm-hmm. even put that on the label because we couldn't really fit it. Um, <laughs> so, and then those matured together for 30 months. So the statement on the bottle says 30 months. Um, but a, over two thirds of it is actually aged for like s- almost six years, I think. Oh, so it's a very convoluted story. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you read the spec sheet, you can gather that if you spend a couple hours with it, you know, yeah. <laughs> that- <laughs> digest it. But <laughs> is that uh, up on your we'll website? Do that. Yeah, that's on the website, and cool. um, people can look at that. And yeah, just for people that are listening, that the spec sheets, you know, they talk about the data from the brew from each distillation, from each wow. barrel. Um, so it's very, very specific details. Um, and frankly, if, if there's something missing, um, just shoot us an email, we'll, we'll give it to you. You know, we're not trying to keep secrets. We're trying to make great whiskey and yeah. have people enjoy it. So, uh, but they're usually like three, if four, guys, five pages long, um, those spec sheets. I love um, how transparent most, you are, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. yeah, they're not the most beautiful thing because, you know, it's so much data, <laughs> yeah, it's but- spec sheet. Um, I, 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 I love you, Kaya, but Kaya was like trying to get through a steel trap of information. <laughs> I know. That was, that was one of our earlier interviews was with yeah, Kaya yeah, Whiskey. Yeah, that was, was fun. Yeah. yeah. Good <laughs> whiskey. It was a good interview, but yeah, yeah but trying man, to get information was. They're very secretive, which I which is also yeah. exciting in its own way, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely not our style. It's not who we are as <laughs> yeah. people. You know, people. Right. Yeah. People sometimes ask, like, why? Why are you so transparent? And I think it's just who we are as people. Like, we yeah. you know, we do the same thing with our, our personal lives, too. You know, um, it's not like something we decided as a business decision. It's just right. it's who we are, you know? And yeah. we want well, to share we, the information. I think we can relate, so. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think the so, average whiskey nerd really appreciates the transparency. <laughs> yeah. And I remember it, reading the notes when for, this one was yeah. released, and I was like, what like that is so weird what they're doing and i have to try it but <laughs> so i'm really excited to try this honestly it, w- it wasn't until i was building the label that i realized what was happening because we would just tasted it and we said this is awesome we want to release this mm-hmm. as a single cask sherry cask mm-hmm. and um then i was reading to I was reading our logs to to build the label and I was like oh man this one's kind of a weird story I don't know what the <laughs> heck I'm gonna actually put so we decided to just put kind of that like minimum age you know and just kind yeah. of not tell the full story on the label because it's really hard to do um, but sort of put the minimum specs on the label and then realize that we'd have to kind of teach people about it and you know it's only 594 bottles worth so it's uh, easy I've gotten... to kind of tell that story serious blinders on this one um it's like caramel I need to, corn i need to, i'm like i have i've gotten popcorn on mm-hmm. whiskeys before i've gotten you know uh not like super heavy i've just gotten like oh there's sort of a note of like the, the butter that you get in popcorn or you yep. get that yeah. sort of really like like freshly popped popcorn you very just sort of distinct smell i have never had a whiskey that is so popcorn as this <laughs> Right, this is it's kettle. Corn this for is me. Like, on the yeah, on the nose is like hot buttered popcorn, and on the taste is kettle corn. Right. Um, yeah. I gotta taste this now. I can't wait anymore. Right. It's and so I, good. I get like a really like almost like a candied hazelnut though, and like, it's ooh. such an immediate like 
connection in my brain that I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to like really sit and really dissect this to get anything else out of this because my brain is <laughs> okay, so, so immediately going to, to kettle corn on the taste and like not quite movie theater popcorn, but like nice homemade, like homemade I just popcorn. made homemade, yeah. like I just made popcorn it's, at home and melted some butter and salt and put, and put that on like, that's the type me. of butter. Maybe the most obvious thing ever, but it's like for me, it's like initial taste is like caramel kettle corn. But yeah. as yeah. it goes down, it just turns into straight up sherry. <laughs> it's just it becomes sherry. It's amazing. Yeah, and yeah then, the, like, the with, finish with, in particular is very just you're almost drinking a sherry. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the most I've ever drank a sherry aged whiskey that actually just tastes like a sherry towards the end. This, this like um, I really like the Basil Hayden's. That's really good. Um, I know, and that one's actually just mixed with <laughs> it's it's literally blended into it but this oh, one yeah, is i've never more. even seen that yeah yeah yep. it's 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 good but this is like so different i love this though <laughs> yeah this um i think this makes an amazing manhattan just for whatever oh, reason I oh i yeah. bet oh, I yeah the cherry go really well um, that'd be delicious you almost don't have to add the vermouth <laughs> done that with like most of this bottle so this. far so yeah it's this really is a good quarantine good. bottle i imagine for <laughs> just yeah, sipping and mixing solid. It's yeah. solid. I don't. Delicious. I don't. Um. I. I've never. I don't think I've ever had sherry straight before. So I'm not. Sure, I can't relate. But I. I can imagine what it tastes like. It's good. Uh, it's good. <laughs> so uh, you. You have to start drinking sherry because the more sherry you drink, the more barrels are available for whiskey makers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to buy it and dump the bottles. <laughs> Here's your barrel back. <laughs> uh, no, but I am I am getting such a uh, candied nut on this. Like, mm-hmm. it's, It is like I get like popcorn. I get that. It's like a candied pecan for me. Yeah. It's some, yeah. It's, and it's kind of drying like like a pecan or something like, yeah. at, at the finish. And, yeah, a little of that astringency. It's great. I really like this. Oh, thanks. What's what's the tasting notes you give people in tasting for this one? Like if, if you're walking in through um, right? So some of the similar things you guys said, we say almond. That was the nut we kind of pulled out nice. of it. Um, Fruitcake was one that was kind of a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely like some maple and like brown yeah. butter. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, honestly, like a little bit of uh, – I'm not getting as much today, but I remember – prior like balsamic vinegar i was getting on this yeah, um, but i'm not i'm not getting as much of it right now to be honest it's kind of crazy to mix this with like a mold wine mixture or something like that if you want a, a good uh yeah no time type not? of drink why not <laughs> this would go great with it i think i mean yeah. obviously by itself is totally fine but i will say unfortunately or fortunately depending on the perspective this will probably be sold out by the time people listen to this um, <laughs> oh no but it won't be our only. Uh, it won't be our only sherry cask, and and this is not like so far out of. But this the, version of it will be the one and only. Then the next reiteration will be something totally different, right? But yeah, you know, this is a single cask, so the yeah. next version will definitely be different. But it will be familiar to this flavor profile for sure. So this was a fino sherry cask, which is relatively uh, unusual. Okay, um, it's relatively unusual. Um, one of the interesting things about the this cask um so I mean, after like asking about that <laughs> after 30 to 60 days or so it started tasting like big sherry notes like that's all it took oh, to start really? tasting like that yeah i remember that very it's bold from a couple and of i years. really like how bold it is like it's so yeah. i would totally yeah. give this as well similar to how the the release 31 i'd give it to people that don't like the 
you know, the campfire experience of whiskey. This is like, if you want the wine experience, if you're like, say you're, you're a wine connoisseur, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's your thing or sommelier or whatever. And you want to have that type of experience with whiskey. I'd go straight to this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be polarizing, um, but some people just absolutely love that flavor. And I'm definitely in that camp. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think yeah. when, when I think about that flavor, I think about the, um, Balvini has a 15 year single cask uh, mm-hmm. Oloroso. Yep. And it's just ridiculous, like cherry bomb. It's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's, so almost, it's almost gross, but I like it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, so it's bad. Like, it's like walking it's so that tightrope so fine. And then, yeah, but just, in the best way, I think. Uh, I love those funky to, adventures. Yeah. You have it's to great. want that. You know, you're, mm-hmm. if you give that to someone who doesn't want that, they're going to be like, this is disgusting. Well, it's exactly yeah. what they want it. They're going to love it. Like yep. just the different experience we've had from 31 to 33 here. It just, it just shows the range of single malt American whiskey or single malt, totally. any whiskey, but, but yeah. yeah, it's so much like it shows it's the so range within one yeah. company. And we haven't even gotten to number number three. Yeah, which is a a whole other like it's a whole other thing. Um, real quick before we get to that one though, just out of curiosity, what so what what led you guys to um what what led you guys to a um a Fino Sherry as opposed to the more common, right, like a Pedro Jimenez or a Oloroso? Because like you were saying, Fino Fino's a lot more um it's it's more rare and and, yeah, and single (laughs) Um so I, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, one is we've always had this approach of sort of capturing some tradition and innovating at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not doing crazy like um, rapid aging techniques, right? We have very traditional aging techniques. Um, but on the front end, the brewing and fermentation is very much, you know, modern the last 50 years or maybe 150 years, not thousands of years, you know, harnessing um, clean fermentation is a very new concept in the general scheme mm. of the world. So it, we've always had this kind of blend of like innovative techniques, but also harnessing tradition. You know, if you've um, seen our stills, they're very traditional. They're four sites from Scotland. So there's okay. nothing, nice. nothing weird about those, you know, very traditional <laughs> single malts. Um, but the brewing is very different. The aging is both. So we've kind of combined the new world of, you know, new American oak. Um, for a lot of reasons. One, it, it gets aging flavors faster. Two, we love those flavors because they're very, you know, American whiskey in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we wanted to play around with sherry casks. And mm-hmm. one of the things we thought about with sherry casks is, well, our whiskey's already quite sweet because we're using a real beer yeast. So there's a lot more sweetness coming through than a, a typical dry single malt fermentation mm-hmm. from Scotland. So we didn't want to overpower it with, you know, notes of sweetness from certainly not from PX. Um, probably not even some of the richness of Oloroso, although we do use quite a bit of those barrels as well. Yeah. But we figured we should try some Fino because it's a drier style of sherry. So that's not going to be, you know, too cloying when it comes to, you know, pairing up with our already yeah. sort of sweet whiskey. So right. that was what kind of led us there. Uh-huh. Um, J- Jason actually took a personal trip to Portugal and Spain. And so while he was there, he kind of met up with some people and sourced some barrels um, while <laughs> cool. he was over there. So, um, that was how we got some of these casks. Um, some of the early casks, frankly, we got with a relationship with Westland. They were already bringing over a ton of stuff. So we said, hey, can we buy a couple of those barrels um, when they come mm-hmm. over? Um, so it's been various things. But this Fino was was based on his trip, and it was based on that idea of trying a drier style of, of sherry to match up with mm-hmm. our whiskey. And uh, I think I'm hearing that you guys think that works. So I'm glad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, hear, yeah. you hear correctly. This yeah. is... 
This is right a my whiskey nerd's dream. This so, is amazing. This is yes. such a funky it adventure. Is a... Oh, oh, it's totally yeah. different. I've never had anything like it. I but can I, I, say that. I can totally see how you, you say it's polarizing, but yes. I think I think for the people... <laughs> I could 100% imagine I, 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 like I think you get the half people a dozen that... people... There, that, are, that, that would be like, oh god, this is horrible. What have you done to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I can also imagine that same number of people that yeah. I know off the top of my head that would be like, oh, this is the most amazing thing that I've ever had. Like, I can. This is this is a very this is a very interesting whiskey. I really like this. Thing. Have you ever, thank, you, thank you so much for setting this. Yeah, yeah. Have you got people saying like, oh, this is just a flavored whiskey? That's what they think it is. Yeah. Like, um, no. You know, to be honest, we haven't got as much feedback as we want because because of coronavirus. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. We don't get to talk to people as much. So I can know, see the real snobby purists being like, "This is flavored." I'm like, "No, it's not. This is a whole new technique. This is yeah, something we, else." We've gotten a pretty good reaction to this one. It sold quite quickly for the size of the barrel mm-hmm. so we've been yeah. very happy about that i think it indicates that we should be doing more of them in the future um I, I tasted a lot of our sherry casks before i even got to a small group to present to the rest of the team mm-hmm. so um it wasn't easy like it, it wasn't like all of the sherry casks we have just have these amazing flavors you know we have Take some uh, time right yeah, it's hard and you got to catch it at the right time. You know, mm-hmm. this one obviously had kind of the weird combination of different whiskeys that went into it 30 mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah. So you just, you never know, you know, you can't, you can't predict what, what a barrel is going to do. Um, and you, with the sherry barrels, you get a lot of, um, I hesitate to even say this because it, it'll put the wrong thought in people's minds and then they'll start tasting only that. Um, but you get sulfur notes in sherry and mm-hmm. uh, depending on your sensitivity and depending on the particular barrel, those can be overwhelming. Um, that said, we find a lot of people can very easily ignore them and just pick up the, you know, the maple and, and the fruitiness and, yeah, and things totally. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that blessing on everybody because when, <laughs> when you're owning a distillery, you, you start to look at certain flaws and then it can be hard to get beyond them. And, and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to remember that that's not who's drinking the whiskey necessarily. Like even yeah. connoisseurs are not trying to find flaws you know they're trying yeah. to enjoy you know that's that's why they're drinking whiskey and there's someone yeah. going to whiskey trying to find flaws they're doing it wrong <laughs> yeah honestly i mean even in a professional setting like yeah. why you know yeah. it's not fun and and whiskey's supposed to be enjoyable and fun we're not we're not making this as an academic exercise you know you do have to bring some of those sensibilities to it sometimes but mm-hmm. like yeah. At the end of the day, you you need to make things that people are going to have fun with and share and, and get. I around. mean, that's why we're doing this podcast as an excuse to drink whiskey with exactly. like with our friends and new people like yourself, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's, it's it brings all kinds of people together. So totally, yeah, it's totally. great. That's the beauty of whiskey. <laughs> wow, Man. I just put some water in here too, and yeah, and this one, um, just for those listening, this one's fifty percent as well. Yeah. Um, so we you know brought this down a bit, but not too much. It's I like I like how sweet it is while still remaining that kick. Yeah, it, it's not compromised at all by the sherry. It's just if only yeah, amplified because nice. of the kind of um, way we do our fermentation and have those sweet notes coming through. Um, given that we don't have as dry a beer going into the stills, mm-hmm. we find our whiskey can present itself at higher strength. You know, so even if you have um, a cask strength version of Copperworks. It does not have that uh, burn that you would get from like a bourbon, for example, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. You know, it's got a big mouth feel, so it can really stand up to the the higher strength. Uh, I, yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a, a single cask in front of us that's at cask strength, but occasionally we'll do those uh, releases as well. 
Interesting. Wow, right. thank 30, you. 32 was actually that. Uh, unfortunately, it sold out very fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you know? Well, um, so to the listeners, we're just now finishing release 33 of the Sherry Cask version of Copperworks American Single oh. Malt. Uh, go now. I don't know when this episode will come out, but go to the store now. Find it quickly because it might be gone. <laughs> but, yeah, hey. we de- we definitely have some bottles left, um, but I'm uh, thinking they're going to go pretty pretty quickly. But it yeah. is January, so um, you never know. You never know. It could be slow. And enough. you never know what you find at stores, too. I That's have true. found, especially with your guys' the way that you guys mm-hmm. release whiskey, um, I find, um, especially grocery stores like like a met market or um a qfc will have like a blend of your guys's releases mm-hmm. and it'll have a row. in one line you know it'll be, it'll be one row of yep. three different things and they're like yeah we don't know it's a copperworks i don't know you know what i mean like i was at a met market <laughs> a couple months ago and they had they had 20, 23 and 23 and 25 and then 31 and yeah. it was like <laughs> and it, they weren't and it wasn't like 23 25 31 it was right, like right. 31 31 23 it was just like interspersed so like if you're going to look for your guys' stuff you're going to like a grocery store you're going to a liquor store like look at the whole look at the whole yeah that's a really <laughs> good tip i mean because you the, might find a good one back there <laughs> often the people that are stocking them will just take the new bottles and push push back, back the old bottles instead mm-hmm. of you know putting the old bottles in the front so um, yeah, I mean, I would say one really good spot, and I'm not saying anything bad about Total Wine because they're amazing. They're one of our best customers, and I know you guys are, are working with them in some ways as well. Yep. Um, but some of their locations, you know, don't sell as much, you know, $60, $70 whiskey. So they tend to, you know, not sell as much as our of our product as like the Bellevue store or the, um, you know, Interbase store. Yeah. Um, so like uh, Federal Way, you know, um, the store in Puyallup. Mm-hmm. um sometimes you can find you know a release two or something like that that's kind of got stuck in the back and never got sold and <laughs> that's good to know uh, that'd be, that be a good find <laughs> hey mark another fun thing I know. Yeah, about our release I know. next time i'm done in summer we have that. oh interesting huh. yeah by. yeah that's very cool so well now, should we move on the... to the peated or yeah, yeah. let's move on to this one. this, right. this one absolutely like just the release of it blew me out of the water because i've been right i i live like 10 minutes from from westland mm-hmm. and i've been going down there on a fairly regular basis and so i've heard them talk about oh yeah i've got this in the works right we've got this in the works of a washington peated and i've heard other distilleries in other regions like yeah we looked into it and for various reasons like we couldn't get like local peat mm-hmm. um you know we we were um was just listening to a a thing uh, from Balcones and they were, they were saying that of like, yeah, we looked into getting, trying to get local Texas Pete and couldn't get it for various reasons. And, but Washington is, has Pete available and has it abundantly available enough. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, that you can, that you can get it. And so hearing it from, you know from other distilleries of like okay we've got this in the works it's it's coming like i've been super looking forward to this and then it was like out of nowhere because i hadn't i just don't quite have the i don't have the relationship with you guys to to, to have heard about it coming down the pipeline right, right. you know what i mean until now. so it was like until, <laughs> until now, now yeah so it was like all of a sudden it was like oh dude copper works <laughs> 
yeah. like that's amazing they, they beat everybody in the punch that's so, <laughs> so, yeah that's neat <laughs> so so jeff uh, how how did you what's the story about like acquiring this washington yeah for this yeah so first i love when you say the title of the movie in the movie so thank you for the that's neat that was we gotta break that fourth wall (laughs) so um yeah so this is you know really um a long story and we we didn't necessarily know that we were going to release this in 2020 until of all years became 2020 right so 2020 became this year where we really needed to come up with creative ideas to keep our brand thriving or surviving even in Mm -hmm. some cases. And, um, you know, we were thinking of all the ways we could do that. And, you know, we obviously had this in barrels for a long time. This um, release 34, the barrels are over four years old. So it's not like it's a surprise to us that we have this whiskey that we've been tasting for like over two years that we've really been enjoying um but you know one of the things we were attempting to do to be honest and this is all our transparency is going to come out here is you know, <laughs> we we wanted to do this kind of with westland you know they were a big mm. part of this project so there's no there's no avoiding saying that you know and again we're not the type of company that's going to have that competitive nature where we're going to like pretend like they don't exist uh, right. because they do exist and they're, yeah. they're leading this category <laughs> and they've leaded some concepts like this this peated barley so they uh and skagavelli malting worked to create this product so um as you guys said there's there's a lot of peat bogs around washington state um you know enormous amounts um unfortunately not many of them are available to be commercially harvested from um but there is this one out in Shelton, Washington, on the Olympic Peninsula mm-hmm. um, that Skagit Valley Malting was able to get access to. And um, remember that you know part of the flavor of this is going to be quite different than a, a Scottish peat because it's different land. Right? I can tell so, just on the nose right now. Yeah, it's like yeah. so. I like cedar, that's got a heavy cedar. Yeah, yeah, cedar, <laughs> pine, evergreen, forward, which is just you yeah. Know, Scotch yeah, peat at all. So. Totally. You know, I love, you know, I, love I like this so is like peat. walking through a Washington forest. Yeah, I'm like, it's like I, it's, immediately this is like obviously it's peat, but it's so it's like so specifically the Northwest. So it's I love how unique it is. So, so it's its own thing at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's really that's cool. the whole goal of it, right? I mean, that's our goal as a distillery. You know, I think if you tasted this, even just like our 31, which is a quote standard uh, or a signature release as we've now developed the name for on this show. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't taste like anything, right? You know, you can no. say rye, you can say bourbon, you can say, you know, scotch. Um, and it's sort of somewhere in between all of those things. And, and that's the idea is, you know, uh, that's another thing I didn't talk about when you asked about, are we going to make bourbon? Well, it's like, we don't want to make the same thing. You know, we don't want to create something that's already been created. We want to create something new. Mm -hmm. So this project is an incredible, you know, version of that. And, you know, frankly, what, what those other guys down the street are going to release is going to be totally different. You know, it's, you're going to taste some familiarity, but it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, we have our five malt recipe, which we talked about earlier. They have a five malt recipe. It's not even close to the same thing. It's, you know, very yeah. different malts oh, and yeah. percentages. Yeah. We just yeah. happen to both like say that as the name. Honestly, we were going to call ours our, our Scotch ale recipe. 
Um, but the mm. TTB said, oh, no, people will think this is a, a beer and a scotch at the same time. <laughs> it's like, it's always... Oh, weird. Okay. Huh. It's like, really? You're going to think by reading this tiny little thing that says five malt that they're going to think that is a beer. Okay. When the, yeah. when right above it says single malt, malt whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great beer. Chug the whole bottle. Whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that sounds that sounds like the TTB. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that sounds like something. Unfortunately, the say. TTB is always trying to protect consumers but often they prevent us from giving information to, yeah. to the mm -hmm. consumer so it's yeah. hard um that said they're very huh. overworked they've had the same size staff for like 35 years and if you know what's happened in 35, <laughs> Which 35 years, years ago was fine yeah but uh no, we, we now have i think 9,000 breweries uh, many thousand wineries 2,000 distilleries so they're yeah. they're very overworked so and they are working on modernizing some things um, so they've made some changes and, and hopefully one of the modernization things they'll do is recognize American single malt as an actual category. Yeah, they should. Um, yeah. You guys know this, but I'm sure mo uh, some of your listeners don't know that it is not a category. It, it's meaningless to say American yeah. single malt, legally speaking. Um, it's essentially just whiskey that you're talking about when yeah. you say those words. Good point. Um, yeah, that's true. But, but hopefully we're moving towards that with all the producers of it. And of course, there was no reason to before, because like we said earlier, it wasn't being made. Because 20 years ago, there was two, exactly. <laughs> maybe. Right. <laughs> all right. Wow. So tasting this now, yeah, definitely. To it. Yeah, you're having a campfire in Washington State. That is insane. I've never yeah. had anything like this. This is amazing. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. We talk about nice. campfire whiskey. That's like a, such a common term, right? With scotch. But of course, you're thinking like, obviously, you're in the Scottish Highlands and it's windy and it's that type of, you know, environment where this is like so that cedar still coming through very strong. Yeah, cedar for sure is a big yeah. note on this. I, this is amazing. Wow. I've never, this is the most different peat experience I've ever had. That was. And it's in New Oak too, right? Which you don't normally think with uh, peated whiskey. I mean, oh, true. There are a few examples, but not very many. You know, yeah. that's not a, a thing. So it's already different in that perspective. Yeah. But then the, the, the peat is very different as well. And the process too. I mean, they're not using the same process that Skagit Valley malting. And remember, this is the first attempt that they did. So like this yeah. is the, be the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. um, they were very smart in their approach. They didn't want to go overboard. They didn't want to end up with, you know, kind of burnt, you know, acrid notes. They wanted to kind of build up to that. So yeah, you can definitely tell that there's some subtlety here of like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's not, it's definitely not as smoked as it could be. You know what I mean? And And mm -hmm. that's not at all to detract from. Yeah, it's not at all to say that it's like oh it's, it's too weaker. mild or something. like it's not weaker yeah. at all like no, it's no. definitely it is definitely there <laughs> like it's clearly there um it it's just, just is like it's, it's also very clearly like okay like you could definitely i'm like you could like double this and yeah. like there's there's definitely room for growth as far as the amount of smoke and the amount of peat mm -hmm. that can be put into this mm. um which is that's exciting because oh, i i would love to man i would love to I'd love to try this if it was like the same amount of peat as goes into like goes into like some of like Santa Fe's stuff with their some of their mesquite, mm -hmm. you know, or um you know, like Balconis's brimstone with the scrub oak, where it's like, Wow, that's you know, that is smoked. You know what I mean? Like I would I yeah. would I would love to see that 
version of Washington Pete of yeah. where you where you sniff it and go, wow, that's Pete. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I think Another, for this, like, I think as this like, is as an entry level, like, hey, this is what Washington is capable of. Like, it's yeah, not no, something that's gonna cool. polarize people, and it's it's really it is subtle the smoke, but it is so Pacific Northwest that it's like it's unmistakably like evergreen. Um, like you're in the woods it's mossy but it's it's also i get a a lot of savory bits on it too like almost like it's like bacon or like smoked meats um definitely yeah american barbecue kind of yeah yeah Yeah. i I went camping um did an overnight backpacking trip to summit lake over the summer Mm -hmm. right by get a great view mount rainier and see the lake and this really smells like that that trip because we we brought up uh cuts of wagyu uh, steak nice and we, we kind of like luxury backpacking we're like we're cooking steak in the woods looking at not right here and Thanks i'm like well, this, this feels i know right <laughs> actually you, you went there like two weeks before i did yeah that's true <laughs> that's hilarious you should have had <laughs> this whiskey with you you know i know now 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 i know this whiskey exists i better go this better not sell out too fast jeff but that's yeah, this is a bigger release so this okay. was um 1934 bottles so it'll, it'll oh, we don't I'll know exactly how long and this will go into and, total wine most likely okay. i got a bottle <laughs> that was my next question was are you selling this one at liquor stores or is this a <laughs> yeah yeah blake went and got it like immediately yeah i was yeah. really excited it's, it's basically what turned me into a copperworks fanboy <laughs> i love it i love it yeah yeah you can sign me up on that fan page right now <laughs> have a nice the price is great like you'd think something like this would be yeah you know 100 120 bucks but you can get this 90 bucks out the door. Like this is, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't like to, to gouge at all. And, and sometimes it's probably a mistake. You know, there's probably some things where we should have released them at a higher price point, but you know, we generally have two price points for our whiskey. We have the standard and, and the special. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. there might be a day where that, that changes a bit. Um, there's also a day where we'll have like a true standard, release you know yeah. so we'll yeah. have a little tweak in the branding that'll uh, kind of separate these numbered releases from you know maybe one or two regular releases uh, oh wow that was i was gonna have a question that was one of my questions is, is there a plan to which is you know have a flagship yeah i mean there definitely is, well i don't know if the word is plan um but there's an intention <laughs> uh, to do it there's a thought <laughs> it, it's hard yeah. because you know we right. get, we get up out of bed and we get excited about all these things and then we end up looking at our year's production and we've made all these different things and and so you can't really make a standard flagship whatever signature whatever word you want to use for that you can't really do yeah. that when you when you've made 100 to 200 barrels yeah. and you know you only have 15 that are alike so um until we or currently available to release (laughs) yeah yeah until we increase production or get less interesting um we're gonna probably continue on this route but we're we're hoping to increase production to be honest our stills can handle a lot more um it's just about the the brewing capacity and honestly cash flow because that's key in this business Mm, yeah um so we could our stills (laughs) could do 10 times the amount of of uh barrels we're putting out right now um so if we get to that point you know then we can do you know 500 barrels that are standard and you know 500 barrels that are still exploring all these fun so you talked you talked about doing more sherry things is is there plans to do more peat 
with Washington feet. Yeah, as well. definitely. So um, mm -hmm. we just filled fourteen or fifteen barrels of the the this product, but you know mm -hmm. a new version of it. Um, oh, cool. A couple okay. months ago, um, we still have some of the barrels from this round as well, uh, and the intention is to do the peat um, at least once a year. And so once for us uh, is about fifteen barrels. That's that's what that means. So gotcha. A, a, one thing people might be interested in is kind of the background of like logistics of a distillery. And, and one mm. of the big challenges is always like storing liquid and transferring liquid. And it's something that's not thought about, right? You just think about, Oh, you have this grain and you, you mash it, you ferment it, you distill it and you barrel it. And it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all magically produced. <laughs> yeah. But we, you know, we do a Scottish style um, two pot distillation. So we have the faints in the process. Mm -hmm. And when you're, you're making different things, you have different faints, right? So if you're trying to keep everything separate, it's a nightmare. You know, you have all these different faints, you know, for Fair a typical enough. Scottish distillery, they, they usually don't have anything different or if they do, it's like peated and unpeated. And so there's just like two versions. And so they'll do peated for like a month or two. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the year yeah. is, is unpeated. Mm -hmm. But for us, every time is different. So, so we have to really juggle that. Um, so that's one of the reasons it can be hard is because if we're going to do something, we're typically going to do a three fermenter fill run mm -hmm. of it. So it's going to be like 14 or 15 barrels for us. Okay. And, you know, like I said, we've only, we're only making a hundred plus barrels a year. So, you know, we only get so many experiments per year, but we also, we want all those experiments. So we're, we're going to experiment <laughs> with all those hundred <laughs> barrels where, um, you know, we're not going to say, oh, well, let's just do 80% of it standard stuff. Um, right that's not what we think is the best for the category wow well i can only say thank you again for sending us the samples this is incredible yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and, and well, you had sent some decent samples too i was yeah, I yeah was, they're, those they're are like double good size those are good size so that's well yeah, i thought i, I was like well, should i send them one sample and they can divide it up and i'm like no that's really annoying like why would they want to do that it's a oh we're, we're used you know? to it <laughs> You make it work, yeah. but thank you. I yeah, no, it. really appreciate it. It gives us enough to kind of sit down and explore it for, you know, not just this session, but yeah, future sessions. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know that feeling too. It's it's fun. Like I did a, um, a tasting with um, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Uh, oh, nice. I love those guys. I think it was a thousand years ago at this point. No, it's probably three <laughs> yeah. months ago. <laughs> three months. Yeah. Um, and it feels like the time has no meeting these days. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. some point or another. Whiskey has a whiskey has a very more important role in the pandemic than it used yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and so they sent a, a samples, obviously, like, so they sent our own sample because we'd have to be, be able to talk about our own product, but then, mm -hmm. you know, from the other producers that were on the line, and I definitely appreciated being able to, like, taste it later and, and not yeah. just have that one sample. It's, it, that's really the cool thing about whiskey. You know, we talked about beer and how that started me on this journey. You know, mm -hmm. you have a special beer or wine, you got to crack it and drink it. Yep. Whereas with a special whiskey, you get to like enjoy that for years potentially, you know, yeah. and share it with friends. And mm -hmm. uh, it's such a cool experience. Taste it next to something new that you've got. So it, it's mm -hmm. much better in my mind. Everybody should give up wine and beer and, and drink only and drink whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and drink that's wine and beer finished whiskey. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the only reason we did a podcast is this a uh, big whiskey movement <laughs> now with American nice. single malt doing their thing yeah. <laughs> we're here for I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to try drinking this this peated with 
like a salmon, like a salmon dinner. Oh yeah, smoked that salmon. That would go really well. Oh, yeah. Ooh, this would go great with some fish, some, some grilled fish. Yeah, and stuff so, like salmon that can help stand up to it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, that's gonna be that's gonna be good. I know I've been meaning to and this one's this one's um, I guess I'm going to pick up some salmon. This one's fifty two percent as well, so it's a little bit higher. Um, this is Appreciate you know that. eight eight <laughs> barrels. They're all one hundred percent the peated malt, so it's it's not you know blended down or anything. And again, that's partly because it, it is sort of subtle flavor. It's not as heavy as you know like an Ardbeg or a Lafroy yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I'll give another preview. Gosh, who's going to get mad at me for this? Myself, probably. But um, <laughs> yes. that was going to be a question was, did you have anything you wanted to tease? Yes. So, tell us, if tell you want to do it secrets. unprompted, yeah. Tell us your <laughs> secrets. Yeah, we will uh, gladly. We have um, one barrel, and it was actually part of two barrels, that went into an Ardbeg cask. So we took the peated of ours Ooh. and we put it in an Ardbeg cask. So that'll that'll definitely be coming out at some point this year. Very nice. We're about to do an Arbeg episode after this. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely there. Um, it's definitely, it's big, you know, so it's it wow. very cool. Store, you know, because honestly, we've tried, um, I think it's Belvinia actually that has like the peated cask product mm-hmm. that they've yeah. done in the past. And it really is super subtle and, and yeah. almost disappointing. Well, it was, uh, um, I, Woodenville just put out one uh, in 2020. Oh, I, I think that, that was. Right. Oh, their triple barrel, yeah. Yeah, it was a triple barrel. That was, they took their their double barrel and finished it in. I thought an Ardbeg was Ardbeg. That's what I heard. Ardbeg makes sense. Same same ownership structure. So yeah, and that is that one is. I've got a bottle of it in the cabinet. It's um, it's good, but you're right. It's very subtle. You kind of you kind of got to hunt for it. I wonder if there's some blending going on in both of those examples. Because what we found is just a few months (laughs) in that barrel and it's like yeah. Are you taking this Washington Pete and you're going to combine it in aged Ardbeg cask? Is that correct? So we we took um, part part of two (laughs) barrels of these and and put in the Ardbeg cask so it's sort of like a a double Pete, if you will. It's like a Pete blend, which is a whole other ball game of yeah so it's <laughs> subcategories it, it's gonna it's definitely awesome. be for the people like you guys who are like we love pete we need some more you know we like yes. 34 but, but give us some more <laughs> do you want to come uh, on another episode and we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that one when it comes out <laughs> oh yeah you know just tack me on the end of one of them you know <laughs> <laughs> that'd be amazing we should totally yeah, so, do that yeah yeah whenever yeah, that's released that'd be incredible it. yeah so that'll be fun um trying to think what else i mean we'll have some single cast releases some of the single variety malts coming out for sure mm-hmm. uh, we got some special gins you know we do some really cool gin finishes mm-hmm. um we've done about 20 of them uh oh, which is nice. fun because we kind of learn about what what can be possible in whiskey so it is related to whiskey and that we see what happens to the gin and then we can kind of extrapolate that to to whiskey um, you know, you, somebody mentioned beer finishes and we've done a few of them. We've got an Imperial stout cask gin that's available right now Ooh, with three, with three magnets brewing. Wow. Um, and we did, we actually did a whiskey release 24 was a whiskey version of that. That was last year. Um, or sorry, the year before last year, 2019. Uh, I just, college. I just tried one of Westward's, uh, stout, um, finishes yeah. and yeah. I'm in love with that. Yeah. Um, Sean my, and I tried I'm, that for the first time the other yeah, day. Stout, <laughs> that was that's really good. Stouts yeah, that's and good porters stuff. are like my go. If I'm going beer, I'm doing stouts and porters or scotch ales. Right. So yeah. like if if I ever see whiskey finishing in those casks, I'm I'm 
I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to try that. I, I actually it's haven't tried cool. theirs yet. Um, I need to definitely try. Oh, it. you'll we, like it, Jeff. It's good. I, I love them. Um, you know, they're, their people are always so helpful to us. I mean, I call them all the time for, for questions <laughs> and stuff like that. So, um, it seems like you guys have like kind of like a, I mean, I guess it's a pretty small community with all the Northwest craft American single malt distilleries. So that's kind of cool. You guys. Yeah. And, and really just all the, all the distilleries in general, but yeah. certainly yeah, amongst us that are like looking towards the American single malt thing, there's a lot of cooperation i mean and it's not just northwest i mean we're we work with the folks at balcones we have some of their mm. whiskey aging in our warehouses right now oh sweet um, yeah we're wow. doing some like kind of climate experiments they're probably yeah. marcus is really gonna be that. looking forward yeah. to that uh, <laughs> yeah i've heard all about their, their climate experience their experiments i am so, i'm yeah so we're part so of that. excited about this oh cool yeah marcus so we, like a resident texas guy we so. work with yeah. with them a lot um Cool. Yeah, we, we love everybody in the, in the industry. Virginia Distilling cool. is another good one. Yeah, you guys, uh, uh, we're just working yeah. with uh, Lost Lantern. Um, yeah, we, we're, yeah, for We were sure. just talking and to Lost Lantern a couple you weeks ago, too. Santa Fe. I mean, I, I talk to Colin every week, pretty nice. much. Um, That's awesome. And, yeah, Lost Lantern is really cool. I mean, we're going to be doing another version of that, um, you know, vatted malt. Vatted number two. Them. So that'll be fun. That was, like, honestly one of the most fun things we've ever done we we met in denver and we literally just tasted everybody's whiskey and put them together and uh, you know everybody was thinking uh we're gonna do one barrel and and, and christian from uh westward was like let's do all of them <laughs> and i was like oh yeah Good. this is it <laughs> that's a brilliant idea <laughs> why the hell not I was like, yeah. this guy can make whiskey and sell it he's brilliant yeah. oh, fantastic <laughs> but yeah i mean that whole group is amazing and adam and nora are amazing um they're, yeah, just they're really like, cool when they first reached out, you know, you always get these kind of like cold emails and, and you don't know what to expect, but you know, he, he had the whiskey advocate thing. She was at Aster Wine and Spirits. You're like, well, I know those things and they're awesome. So mm -hmm. like, let's chat with them. And they, they stopped in and, and we, you know, hung out with them for a couple of hours mm -hmm. and had them taste some whiskeys. Uh, and then it's just gotten better since then, you know, I mean, it was great at the beginning and it's just gotten even better. They're super professional about the way they like started everything and, and ship things and got it blended. And, uh, it's just been awesome. I think it's so good for like this new movement of like independent bottlers in, yeah. in the U S uh, and they're going to be a yeah. part of that. Yeah. I'm really excited for them. Uh, we have, yeah, our episode with them coming out soon too. And nice. Really. Yeah. I just, I'm going to name it, keep an eye on Lost Lantern, like, just because they're going to be able to expose, or not just expose, but just, like, bring forward, like, so many smaller yeah. distilleries that people wouldn't have normally been able to, to get, because a lot of them are local releases, distillery-only type releases, and they're going to, you know, they're going to make Iron Root available for for people up here, which well. is... <laughs> well, <laughs> they did. That's immediately. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, let me rephrase that. They did make it available. Yeah, they did make it available. Uh, no, that sold out immediately, and then um, they so they did a. I that was I. I got lucky and actually caught a bottle of that of their Iron Root. Um, oh, nice. And it was it was really funny because Iron Root posted on their Instagram when it went on sale, and it was like two hours later that they posted and they were like, uh, correction, it is sold out. Uh, you can't get it anymore. And then Lost Lantern posted on their 
Instagram of like, yes, it's sold out. However, we sent like two cases over to Sealbox and right. you can get it out there, you know, like in a week and a half or something like that. So then it was like, I had it on my calendar. I was like, okay, I gotta, you know, get up early. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're a good example Try get a bottle of it. too, is like, you know, we're only really available in Washington. And yeah. so for, for you guys, that's easy. Um, but for the rest of the country, it's, yep. it's not so easy. And um, they're going to bring us to the rest of the country and, and Scotch Malt Whiskey societies to some extent as well. And, that's so um, cool. These other partners, so yeah, it's been fun for sure, and it's just fun because all the people behind those things are like you guys. You know, they love whiskey, so it's yeah. it's like Such a fun boys. to do. You know, it's fun yeah. to hang out and chat and taste and learn from each other and and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess I um, for our listeners, we covered a lot of things. Right now, we just finished this to remind everyone that this is the peated version of the American Single Malt Whiskey from Copperworks release 34. So look out for that bottle. This is if you want a, a Washington version of a peated a Washington whiskey. Peat. This is the way to go. This is this is so this is different. If you like peat, please try it. <laughs> yeah, and, and this one is available and will be available directly, but also in Total Wine and some other outlets. Wow. Um, and, right, and we so. can we can ship via our online store to a bunch of places. So if people are listening from further away, check it out. Um, and you, we may have an option for you. That's amazing. That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the joke's old. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we've always uh, called the show that's time. Pete. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Pete. <laughs> we get, we're gonna officially change the podcast name to "That's Pete." We keep saying there's no, so much Pete that. on here. <laughs> it seems like every episode. <laughs> we're, we're joking. We, so we, we, we got to do some Irish whiskey soon, just to offset how much Pete we've got it into. Like, yeah. different Irish yeah. whiskey. Do you with your Ardbeg episode? Is that just um, like friends, or do you have someone from Ardbeg coming on? That's just, uh, us. It's just it, it'll just be us okay. three for that one, but okay, cool. hopefully we'll have Ardbeg on at some point. Yeah, at some <laughs> point that would be cool. That's the goal. On. So uh, yeah. we'll see. Now Ardbeg, uh, please come on the show. We'll gladly <laughs> talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was just uh, we. You know, Sean. Sean got a bottle of Wee Beastie, and we. Yeah, my, my parents. My, my parents did an anniversary trip to uh, Oregon. They went to the liquor store there like hey we got you a bottle and they came back with this i was like oh thank you <laughs> and i right. texted the guys okay we're doing an episode we have to just to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, very young stuff. scotch five years it's it's uh well so- i mean peated scotch is in my mind always better younger mm-hmm. you know i mean that I which mean, is interesting because i think yeah. a lot of people would think otherwise just generally like, oh yeah 25 years it's gotta be better well the gen yeah the general you know yeah. the general idea when it comes to scotch and some of you know it, this does hold merit it's not that it's completely yeah. meritless is that you know the older it gets you know the better it does and there's a certain range where that's that's true but there's a certain range too where you sort of lose um you lose the flavors that you're going for and with pete mm-hmm. i i get i get that with pete because the older it gets the the longer it time it has to sort of interact with the wood and to you know mellow have out. the yeah to sort of like mellow out those those notes and so you kind of get it much more subdued and, and much more mild. yeah i mean you know age is not 
meritless in general, but it, it's a one factor of yeah. many. Right, right. You need to consider many, all the many, factors. many, 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 many factors. Yeah, I mean, I think the the American craft spirits movement is really proving that um, pretty strongly right now. You know, it, frankly, it wasn't ten years ago. It no. was proving the opposite ten years ago. You were seeing a lot of people releasing really bad whiskey um, for a lot of reasons, and but in the last five to seven years um, that has flipped on its head. And now you're seeing, you know, two to five year whiskey that can stand against anything in the world. In my mind, Mm -hmm. if if you choose the right distillery and, you know, and frankly, there's hundreds of the right distilleries now instead of three. (laughs) So there's there's a lot and it's really exciting. You know, we, we have these big um, trade conventions where all the distilleries meet when there's not a pandemic and, you know, we hang out and learn and, you know, network and, and all that fun stuff. But then usually as part of it, we'll um, take all the bottles that have been submitted to the competition and just like put them out on tables. So you get to like taste anything oh, you want. Cool. You just kind of pick them up, yes. taste them. It's like a spirits nerd dream. Oh, um, and, you know, the first few years of doing that, it was like hit or miss. Yeah. You were, you were getting like so much gross stuff, you know, and, and, but now carry, carry around a glass, a spit glass with you. <laughs> yeah. But, but now it like sucks because you can't try it all. You're like, Oh man, I really want to try more, but I'm, I'm, I'm drunk at this point. I cannot walk to the end of the table to get we more. We would love to join where the next one is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, well, we'll by that know, point, we'll start it. We'll start a distillery that releases, you know, just we, enough to. We do have affiliate memberships. So I'm, I'm just saying. Hey, all right. You know? There you go. <laughs> let's get, let's get us uh, sign, sign up. Yeah. Sign us up, man. Cool. Well, Jeff. It's been great. Thank you so much for these samples, the generous samples too, so we can kind of sit and explore these later as well. Mm-hmm. Which we will. Was there <laughs> was there anything else you you had wanted to discuss or say with it as far as Copperworks goes? I mean, I, I think we covered most of it. You know, obviously, I said if you want to pick up some bottles, we do have some shipping options mm-hmm. online. Um, you know, right now we're only really available in Washington, other than those shipping options. Um, we're a little bit in the Vegas market. So if you're down there, check oh, us cool. out. Um, we're going to be, well, we're in Canada as well a bit. Um, but yeah, definitely go to our website. Like we've talked about, there's a lot of information, mm-hmm. um, especially those spec sheets if you're a real whiskey nerd. Um, so please check those out. Um, I can't wait until this pandemic is over so <laughs> we can have people back to the distillery. Um, I, know, I want to come know. see you guys. That'd be yeah, I mean, really one of fun. our favorite things is giving a tour you know, our standard tour is like an hour. Where are you guys um, located, by the way? Yeah, so we're right on the Seattle waterfront. Uh-huh. We're um, 1250 Alaskan Way. So we're basically directly oh, wow. across the street from the Ferris wheel here in town. So yeah. it's very I easy. You guys would have been the one last place I drove by before the pandemic hit because there was a wedding <laughs> nice. night in Soho I went to. Which yeah, was- so, <laughs> so if people are from out of town and they're visiting Seattle, it's like such an easy spot to visit. Because yeah. We are, we are right downtown. And, you know, we love giving so tours cool. like, we give an hour tour, but it often ends up being like two hours. Uh, I'm sure a lot like this podcast. You <laughs> like know, this you episode. Think, yeah. yeah. We might do Yeah, we did sort tour. of get to talk and, it, didn't we? Yeah, that's and, it, and that's what it's all about. You know, we yeah. love sharing our story and what we do. And then, of course, the products at the end of the tour are great, nice. too. So 
hopefully we'll see a lot of people at the distillery in you know maybe the second half of this year uh if, if things go well um, but if not after that we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be around we're gonna do our best to, to be around it's one of the uh, things we do when COVID's finally gone. Love yeah. it. Love it. It's, it's a beautiful distillery. I've only gotten to see glimpses of it because of picking up bottles or these samples I picked up from the from you guys. And yeah. Picking up bottles on Instagram lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, your Instagram lives are great. Yeah. Um what's your guys' Instagram handle? Oh, uh, we're Copperworks Dist on pretty much all the, the social media. So Copperworks D I S T. Um, yeah, follow us. We've been trying to do some of those lives. We did a lot of them during the fourth quarter, and we're going to um, definitely be doing more of those, digging in kind of deep on some topics like the single variety, barley, mm-hmm. um, like the peat stuff. We've done some of those as well. You can see them on the Instagram TV, also on YouTube. If you mm-hmm. just search Copperworks Distilling, you can see all those videos. Um, every time we do a new release, um, I'll usually be the one that gets on and kind of talks through it. Um, for a little while and, and oh, awesome. reach out if you want to see something from us, um, tell us and we'll, we'll give it to you. Like, like we said, we're super transparent. So if there's something you want, uh, we're not hiding it. We just don't know you want it yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, <laughs> awesome. I love those Instagram stories that you did, uh, or lives that were really informational and just showing off your, your knowledge and your distillery and how beautiful it was. It was just like, Oh my gosh! It was like a whiskey nerd's dream. I gotta get down there. <laughs> we'll, we'll come visit soon when we can. Please, please do. Yeah, we'll set up a time once things get a little bit more uh, normal. Yeah, because I'm just I'm just in Bothell, and you guys are even closer, so we're not we're not far. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Love it. All right, thanks, Jeff. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and passion with whiskey, and sharing your whiskey with us. Well, thank you guys. It was super fun. Remember to follow and subscribe to us on Instagram at that's neat underscore podcast. And you can find us on the web at that's neatpodcast.com. And remember, life can be messy. But may your whiskey always be neat. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.